Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, a podcast series brought to you by the Port Authority of Jamaica, Herb Cement, and the Sajikor Foundation. Impacting Jamaica shines the spotlight on the many, but often ignored, positive happenings, activities, projects, and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate, and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by Grace Kennedy. I'm Neil Armstrong and welcome to Impacting Jamaica. I'm with Donick Chinloy Chang, who is a well-respected communications strategist and philanthropist. Her career in communications and media spans four decades. In June, she received an honorary Doctor of Laws from Ryerson University in Toronto, Canada. Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, Donnet. Well, thank you, Neil, and it's great to be talking with you after, um, you know, much of what has happened. So I'm, I hope you're doing well. Thank you. I, I am. Thanks. Congratulations on being the recipient of this honorary doctorate from your alma mater, Ryerson University, at its June 2021 convocation. Now, this was supposed to be presented last year, but of course, we know the pandemic delayed many things, including this. What, what does it mean to you to be the recipient of such an honorary degree? Well, um, thank you for the congratulation. And it, you know, it has been quite the year. And when I got the call, President Mohamed Lashmi last year, the rarest president, I, I wasn't sure why he was calling me. I actually thought he needed information about somebody else. <laughs> actually said those words and he asked if I would accept it, I just about fell off my chair um, and picked my face up off the floor. Um, it has been a huge, outstanding honor for me and and to say that I'm humbled is um, an understatement. It is my alma mater. Um, the story with me and Ryerson, you know, I actually was supposed to have got my undergraduate in 1977, but because I failed, or as I say, economics failed me, um, I had to repeat economics over the summer and get my um, my first degree um, in 1978. So, you know, how this all works out is really quite remarkable. Um, of course, you know, Ryerson is very close to my heart. Mm -hmm. as the fact that I am an alumna of, of that fantastic university. My late husband, G. Raymond Chang, is chancellor, was chancellor emeritus. And so it was extra special for me to actually be honored with Ryerson's highest honor, um, getting that honorary doctorate. Of course, we're talking. We're talking now when the the province seems to be gradually coming out of this 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 pandemic, and I, and I just wonder how you've been coping. This is like sixteen sixteen months of dealing with this pandemic. Well, you know, I have from the start. I was determined that my mom and I would stay safe. Mm -hmm. um, I am just so. I was so concerned, actually, more about 
who were not able to stay safe, mm-hmm. frontline workers, people who still had to go to work, um, the kids who had to stay home and 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 uh, and just reboot online, mm-hmm. um, the students right across the world. The first thing I did um, on day one of the pandemic was to get in touch with Ryerson, and and I'm in touch all the time, but to, to have a, a discussion about how will our students fear, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, as I said to them in my um, presentation to them at convocation, is that I did what I do when there is trauma. Mm-hmm. From, and my thing is always to lean in and um, and to find out how other people in my community communities are doing. So with that in mind, um, you know, the students became a part of that whole gifting that I found the need to do at that time. The same with the students across the Caribbean and through the UE Toronto Benefit Award, as it's now being called, we were able to also not just to pivot um, virtually, but Neil, the truth is that people, donors, were so generous when we thought that they were going to be really tight and, you know, really watching how they spend. I mean, they were so generous. It is unbelievable Mm -hmm. how we were able to, um, to help students in the Caribbean and bearing in mind there are 50,000 students across only UWE alone. Mm -hmm the region never mind the other universities and tertiary institutions so um how am i faring i'm faring well i mean it was that i did not know uh, i had to try like everybody else to keep mind and body together mm-hmm. so i tried to keep my um my wellness program going doing the exercise walking i have a puppy and i walk him every day and mm-hmm. i Know, try to make sure that I was intentionally um, keeping up my physical and mental health. Mm-hmm. And then my 88-year-old mom, we lived together, so that was also on my mind. You know, somebody in the family has to be designated the leader. And, um, and I think it was important during the pandemic, leadership at the best of times is important but at the worst of times it's critical good leadership mm-hmm. i try to be a good leader um for my home and my community at the start of the pandemic in fact i was just reading uh, today or recently um the uhn the um, university health network of which we are also major donors mm-hmm. they put out um they put out a newsletter today talking about um, how to uh, seven tips to help you deal with reopening anxiety. Okay. And while we talk about locking down, you know, we must also remember that there is a lot of anxiety in the opening up. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, I was able to get my two shots and my mom as well. Um, we kept a very tight. In fact. <laughs> The bubble was just she and myself, but, you know, we had to keep a tight grip on that. And, um, and the opening now is, um, you know, 
I'm hoping that we will all still be sensible and wear our mask, get vaccinated, you know, maintain social distance and don't go crazy. I mean, I know that we need to have the economy open back, but, you know, we've come this far. Yes. Let's not end up, right? Yes, yes, yes. In in your address to the graduates at the convocation in June, you, you spoke of three themes, gratitude, grief, and giving. And I'm wondering why why those themes? Why, why did you decide that those had to be the, the talking points for you? Well, um, Neil, like many people, I, we had a lot of time to sit and think about uh, what's it all about. Mm-hmm. And as I said to the graduates, and I gave examples of gratitude, I think it was a time for us to be not just grateful for what we have where we are in as much as we were able because remember there are people out there who have really been hit really hard and in spite of that you know i always think that there is gratitude that we can we can get up every morning and and just look at what we have and be grateful so I gave the example of, um, of my father, um, how my parents connected with their own community, how I grew up seeing, you know, if we had a bowl of rice for dinner, my father always insisted that half of it went to somebody else. I remember the time when a young man from the inner city of Kingston had just the night before uh, witnessed uh, a crime and made up his mind to to come out of that area and to walk into Halfway Tree to Aquarius Records, um, which is, was owned by my family, and to ask my dad for a job. And the first thing my dad asked him, he had no idea who this young man was. The first thing that my dad asked him is, have you eaten? So you know, my father's own kindness and my parents' own kindness was obviously informed by their own parents mm-hmm. and those before them. I give the, gave the example also of my grandfather's coming from China to Jamaica and, um, you know, all kinds of barriers ensued for them and they probably didn't even know it. It was language, it was culture, it was race. And they started business businesses in rural Jamaica, and the the um, the people in those districts were very kind to them. Mm-hmm. You know, there is, as I always like to tell everybody, there is a sympathetical relationship between Jamaicans of African heritage and Jamaicans of Chinese heritage. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, we all know the story of the Chinese shop and the you know the credit that was given um, to people in the district and so forth. Malcolm Gladwell, of course, writes about it in The Outliers mm-hmm. in the chapter on Jamaica. So, of course, you know, um, with that in mind, my parents saw how their parents lived 
and that was inculcated into our own DNA, myself and my siblings. Mm-hmm. And so when when the pandemic hit, it, it, it was a no-brainer wherever you're able to help. So gratitude was was um, was very important because <laughs> you may yourself know that you had to get up every day and just be thankful, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Grief, um, grief because the life that we we were going through a shared trauma from start to now because it finished yet, and um, and so with that shared trauma, it's actually a death. The life we knew it died, mm-hmm. um, and so when anything dies, there is grief. And again, you know, I found ways um, to cope with my own grief. And those were some of the tips I was um, sharing with the graduates. Um, on a very, on a deeper personal level, when, um, when my husband died, I almost had to come up with a, a five or maybe six plan strategy which I had to do in order to meet every day. Mm -hmm. And seven years ago, um, this July. So um, giving, when it's all tied into my own perspective on grieving, it's giving an air, giving of your help wherever it's possible, giving a hand up when possible, and just giving of your time, listening to somebody, you know, mm-hmm. picking up the phone, reaching out on, um, not on social media, no. <laughs> reaching, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, out for real, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, on the phone, because we couldn't see each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Or look at the technology we now have, the <laughs> Zoom, as you say, <laughs> and, and as you and I are now on FaceTime and so forth. I mean, so, you know, it it's, it was... It's not just giving, and as I, I, my husband used to say, I mean, when he received the Harry Jerome Awards from the black community all those years ago, one of the things he said was, you know, n- not everything is measured in dollars and cents. So giving of yourself, and then maybe if you are able to, anything you can give after that. I mean, people were clearing out their closets because they were packing stuff up. Unfortunately, we were not able to give away clothes and, you know, items like that during the pandemic. But certainly now, after, you know, we've been through this um, a year, seven, you know, I cannot see how you do not come out of this different, mm-hmm. or whatever different looks like for, for an individual. Mm-hmm. But those those were, th- that's why I chose those um those themes, mm-hmm. gratitude, grief, and giving. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked, actually, to know that students here in Canada did not have, some of them were not able to afford Wi-Fi or, or devices as well. Not just the, 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 the developed My guest is Donit Chinloy Chang, who is a well-respected communications strategist and philanthropist and who 
recently received an honorary doctorate from Ryerson University, her alma mater. And this is her second, her second honorary doctorate, the first being from the University of the West Indies. Donnett, you were talking about the themes that you delivered, that you presented to the, the 2021 graduating class at Ryerson. Themes of gratitude, grief, and and giving, and I I, I just want to. I know the 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 impact that your parents had on you, but that that particular act when this young man came into Aquarius Records, owned by your parents, and he was job searching, and your dad asked him if he had eaten. What what what? How did that affect you then? <clears throat> when you heard that? Well, I, um, a simple question like, have you eaten, was loaded up with all kinds of nuances. Mm -hmm. um, food is something that binds us all as human beings. Um, and so what, in a metaphoric sense, what that said to me was that my father was offering him kindness and compassion mm -hmm. um, and food, of course. Mm -hmm. um, so have you eaten has always been a sort of a line that's used in my family. You know, um, it's like if you come to visit me, Neil, would you like a drink? To say to a, a, a stranger who, who has just come off the road and who is a young person um, meant that my father was offering a helping hand. Mm -hmm. And as a result, my dad hired him. He became, the young man became an integral part of um, our family and also he did work with my dad and he was encouraged to um to do things he liked boxing so my dad would encourage him and support him at the boxing rink um the story has a beautiful ending for that young man is that his own kindness enabled him to um to leave um jamaica for the united states on a bus one day from the country, he offered a young woman his seat on the bus. Woman was to become his wife, and she, um, they got married. And he went to the United States and worked his way up, became a manager in a boutique hotel, and was actually managing, you know, a sizable um, budget for that hotel. Mm -hmm. So you never know, you know, what kindness. And giving a hand up um, would do for, of course, you know, actually, I shouldn't say you never know, mm -hmm. but you never know where that person would land. That's right. Yes. Yes. And speaking of giving a hand up, I know that you are a prolific philanthropist. You've made transformational investments in education, health, social justice and the environment why did you, and you alluded to Ray earlier, but why did you and Ray decide to to, to lead the, the UWI Toronto Benefit 
Gala Awards, which is Canada's largest fundraiser for Caribbean student scholarships. I, I know you do similar things here in Toronto, but, but why did you and Ray decide to do that? That shared vision was informed by the fact that only if we help other people, your community is only as good as your your being engaged in helping. In other words, I cannot be good in my space if the people around me are not good. Mm-hmm. And so we... Before I met Ray, and individually, um, we had our own vision of giving. Mm-hmm. And I used to actually do this um, in Jamaica uh, with my parents, um, supporting other um, institutions. For example, my high school, Immaculate Conception High School. I've been doing that for years, and um, I'm here in Toronto as well. But with the sh- with the with us coming together. You know, we looked at several areas. Education, of course, was paramount. And um, health, the environment, um, and and communities that were disenfranchised. Mm-hmm. So that is how our, our, that was what our vision was together. Since Ray passed, I have been able to then broaden my own giving into social justice and equity. So, for example, I am a board member of Black North, the Black North Initiative, started by Wesley J. Hall, or Dr. Wesley J. Hall. Um, A fellow Jamaican. A fellow Jamaican, a St. Thomas um, guy. I don't know. There's something about the water in St. Thomas. (laughs) Yes. And also um, a board advisor for um, Onyx Initiative, Mm -hmm. an initiative that was also started by by Wayne and Nigella Perbu. More Jamaicans. More Jamaican. (laughs) That would be be Wayne. Yes. Nigella is... um, I don't want to say, but certainly Caribbean uh, descent. And again, Wayne is from St. Thomas, so there is something about the water in St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I look at other, I, you know, we still, I still support um, the Asian side of it naturally. But that is how um, we started. And, um, and that's where I am now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, very passionate about ensuring that young people in particular have the tool to 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 operate in life i mean it's it's these it's these are trying days you know um the ymca i don't want to leave out the ymca black project which i started before the pandemic um which is really really um they're doing a great job and that project. So, and then there is the um, the National Coalition on Anti-Asian Racism, which emerged recently and headed by um, Chancellor Janice Fukakusa of Ryerson University. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Neil, these are 
these are tested times. Um, and in meeting the moment, we all have to pay attention and be on the right side of history. Mm-hmm. You know, pay attention to, you know, our history, history of Canada, history of the Caribbean, history of Jamaica. Um, this is a, it really, really, if, if we do not take the opportunity to do this right now, um, we will really be lost. Mm-hmm. Yes, there, there were certainly many, many organizations, many coalitions that came out of the, the aftermath of the, the killing of George Floyd and the, the, the sort of stereotyping that resulted from COVID-19 as it relates to, to Asians and stuff like that. So, so you, have, you have stepped in to various organizations to, to deal with the whole issue of equity and inclusion and that sort of thing. You often quote Nelson Mandela in your presentations, uh, his maxim regarding education. Education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. And you quoted that again in your speech at Convocation. And I'm wondering why, 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 why that particular maxim from Nelson Mandela? Well, I love Nelson Mandela. And I, it's interesting. I, I was just talking with a, a, a friend recently who is South African. And I just today, and I said to her, I have the honor of meeting Mandela twice be it with um, his first wife and his second wife. And uh, you recall he and his um, second wife, Grassa Machel, Dr. Grassa Machel, were, um, received the honorary doctorates from Ryerson some time ago. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mr. Mandela, uh, he, he really is, you know, the icon of the world. And, and in our century, um, how lucky could we be, have been to have, um, for him to have lived so that people like you and me know who he is. Mm-hmm. But of course he's right. That's what education is. I often also like to quote my husband, and, and, and I quote him here, and Ray would say, education levels the playing field and helps to eradicate ignorance, arrogance, and bigotry. Once those barriers are gone, education gives us the power to build bridges of friendship, respect, inclusion, and community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, education may not be the end all and be all for a life, but it's certainly um, a start. It opens doors and it also teaches us how to think, how to reason. And, um, but however, it's not always um, the answer. There is also the education of life, life experiences. Mm-hmm. You must, I think, honor and respect those. I mean, my own, my own grandmother only had an elementary school education, mm-hmm. but a voracious reader, voracious reader, and um, she wanted the best for her her children and her grandchildren. Mm-hmm. You know, she had the sense enough to know that um, education is what gets you out of, um, is what get, could land you on your feet. Mm-hmm. 
people who are, who don't have high school or tertiary education are always the people who know the value of education. Speaking of the importance of life experiences, you you ended your your speech with uh, with an advice that you gave the the graduating class. You you said be kind, be compassionate, work smart, live with no regrets. That there are always silver linings. That you're to honor your elders. And and I know there was much more in what you said there. And I I, I thought. Why why did you sum it up like that in, in in your closing? I wanted to um I wanted to give the graduates some advice on life. Mm-hmm. You know, all of all, all of the advice I gave them, I have myself taken over the years that same advice. Mm-hmm. Um honor your elders and ancestors and isn't that so timely right now? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just wanted to um, acknowledge that um, the indigenous people of Canada are hopefully the reckoning is closing in and there will be some healing from the atrocities that they had to endure. Um, so I wanted to give the graduates, you know, uh, sort of some quick tips on life. Um Work hard, work smart. You know, um, I wish I had known that when I graduated. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I did. I, I'd like to think I did. Mm-hmm. I do have no regrets because life is not long. And I specifically like to say life is not long. Regrets really, and I wanted to expand on that, but, I, you know, I didn't want to. I, I was very conscious of time in mm-hmm. my speech. Mm-hmm. Regrets really are useless and really are, um, they'll just eat you mm-hmm. at your core mm-hmm. and you, and it would be hard to recover from that. Mm-hmm. So I suppose a short way of saying it is, you know, live your life doing good and being fair and being kind and compassionate mm-hmm. because and really that is really what it's, it's all about. Mm-hmm. As I listen to you, I'm wondering what keeps you going. I know you told the graduates that you 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 discovered a way to survive throughout this 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 pandemic. But just, just listening to you, I just wonder, as you get up each day, what is it that that keeps you going? Well, Neil, I by nature I am the quintessential optimist. Mm-hmm. Um. What keeps me going, first of all, is that I even wake up. The second thing is that I am very determined and have always been. And again, this has been, um, this is some passed down by my parents that good health is is um, is important. Mm-hmm. So my both parents were athletes. Um, my mom golfed for Jamaica at the national and international level. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. So throughout the pandemic, I was still doing classes online, mm-hmm. do, doing my um, CrossFit. I do CrossFit. Mm-hmm. The average age in that studio is about 35. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So mm-hmm. I am really happy that I, 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 in fact, we are able to now get back, but 
outside as yet. We're in the parking lot now. Um, so I, what keeps me going also is, um, is that something my mother always says, this too shall pass mm -hmm. because I know it will. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm comforted by my community that there are people I value greatly, dearly, who are not family, but who I have become family, friend, family, friend, and who are kind to me and who I pick up the phone and I call ever so often. Um, what else keeps me going? The fact that I, I know I am changing lives, that I'm doing something useful for the greater good, that when I leave, as we all have to leave, um, that I would hope that, you know, somebody has been able to, somebody who I gave an opportunity to would be able to cure cancer or come up with the next vaccine or, um, or engineer, you know, um, a, a beautiful building. So, so it's always, you know, I'm always thinking that how lucky I am and how much there are people out there who need help. I want to thank you, Donit. That, that, that is where we'll, we'll leave our conversation today. But uh, I want to congratulate you again for, um, on, on, this, on this honorary doctorate that you have received and uh, wish you well in all the, the other philanthropic initiatives that you'll be involved in and the equity and inclusion associations and organizations that you are involved in right now and, and, and wish you the best in the, the years ahead. Impacting Jamaica was brought to you by the Port Authority of Jamaica, Harib Cement, and the Sagicor Foundation. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email at impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on SoundCloud, Google Podcast, Stitcher, or on Deezer. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com. Impacting Jamaica is powered by Grace Kennedy.